Assalamu alaikum and welcome to another episode of the Dr. Will Show, where I interview educators and entrepreneurs on leveling up. Each episode, I zoom in someone who's dope, and we just sit back and have a conversation on what it means to live your best life. Now, if this is your first time checking out the podcast, this is the Mobile University for Entrepreneurs, and I'm your host, Dr. Will. Now, today's guest is Dr. Janelle Williams. Uh, we're going to be talking about uh, HBCUs, our current landscape, her thoughts on the rise in enrollment, and get some other gems from her regarding the state of HBCUs. Now, for those who will be listening on Apple Podcast, Stitcher, and Simplecast, will you please introduce yourself, Dr. Williams? Okay. Hi, everyone. Um, my name is Janelle Williams. Um, I am a visiting scholar at the University of Pennsylvania in the Center for Minority Serving Institutions. As you said, um, I study um, HBCUs, enrollment, um, and college choice for Black students there. And I'm just happy to be here. So thank you very much for having me. You're welcome. Thanks for coming. So uh, I, it, it was nothing but uh, a blessing for me to be where I am now because I had absolutely no idea in my wildest imagination that I would be working in K through 12. What drew you to higher education and what did you think that you would be doing when you were growing up? It's a good question. Um, so higher education kind of wasn't a choice for me, it was kind of like, this is what you will do. Um, after high school, like, you know, my parents were really big on higher education. My dad went to Central State and Ohio State. My mom went to Temple. Um, so I, I always knew that going to a college or university after high school was the thing to do. However, working in higher education wasn't a thought until maybe my senior year of, of, of um, undergrad. And it was because I was so active on campus and involved mainly in student affairs and a lot of activities. I wanted to be those people. I didn't really understand what their jobs were or how you got in those positions, but you know, people in student affairs, student life, um, res life people, were very instrumental in my development and I wanted to become those people. And I say those people because at the time I didn't really know what you needed to do to get into the higher ed field. Like I knew my professors as teachers and I knew the other people as the other people that were here somehow. Um, so that was kind of like my introduction to higher ed or a career in higher ed, just being around higher education professionals because going into it, um, my major was actually nursing, which changed to psychology once I couldn't pass anatomy and physiology. And then when I was in psychology, um, long story, but I realized I at least needed a master's degree, PhD, or a PsyD. So I was like, you know, I need to change this again because I'm not going to school for another six to eight years and look where I am now. So um, I ended up changing my major again to that point, business marketing, because I felt like I could get a job with a bachelor's degree in business marketing without going um, going into uh, more schooling. So I honestly thought I would be in business. I didn't think I would be in education until my senior year of undergrad. So please define what an HBCU is and why were they founded? Um, 
so there's a lot of like different definitions or different thoughts uh, around what HBCUs are. Um, the official definition um, is that HBCU are, HBCUs are colleges or universities that were founded before 1964 with the purpose and mission to educate Black Americans. Um, so some people think that HBCUs are just all Black students or schools for Black people or Black only. Um, but HBCUs were born out of a time of segregation when Black people not yet classified as citizens were not allowed to um, participate in the higher education system of the times. So originally higher education was created specifically for white upper class men. So that excluded black people, women, and, and poor people at the time. So um, HBCUs are colleges or universities founded before 1964 with the explicit purpose of educating black Americans. So I want to jump into your research around race and college selection and why some black students choose to attend an HBCU. Right. Um, so my original dissertation research focused on um, this particular topic and enrollment in college choice. And this came, my research is kind of me search. So I went to Cheney University, which is the first historically black uh, university in America. And when I got into Cheney, I also got into Penn State, I got into Temple, um, I got into some other predominantly white institutions. And there was a lot of pushback as to why I chose Cheney over these other institutions. And even some other HBCUs, it was like, you know, why are you choosing Cheney? And the question I got asked my whole senior year and even my first year as a freshman at Cheney was why Cheney? And so that kind of stayed with me because it was like, why is it such a, a issue if I'm going to college? If the goal is for me to get a higher education, for me to go to college, why isn't Cheney enough? Or why can't Cheney be my choice? And so I started to wonder, like, you know, why did why did these other students choose Cheney? Like what pulled them in? So I didn't really know that was a research question at the time, but I was interested in the experiences of my or my classmates, my colleagues, and then other students who also chose HBCUs. And so from there, um, fast forward, I did my dissertation research on that, and I looked at uh, the contemporary view of students because I knew my reason for choosing an HBCU, but I wanted to look at the contemporary or my contemporaries' reasons for choosing. So I looked at 2011 to 2016 and compared and contrast that to some other prior researchers who looked at earlier years, um, Dr. Cassie Freeman, who looked at, um, I think her years were like 1999 and then some other people who looked um, before then. And the reasoning, I guess, for at least for 2011 to 2016 that I found in my research was that black students were choosing um, HBCUs primarily because of alumni stories. So of course, there are some reasonings, um, cost, academics, um, location, but more or less because of the alumni experience. So keeping in mind that the experiences of HBCU students pre-1964 versus after 1964 are different, HBCU experiences in 1989 are different than 2009. So I just wanted to get that reasoning like how are these alumni influencing students to choose HBCU so that was my original set of research and now I'm working on a research project that looks at what um, Dr. 
Walter Kimbrell from uh, Dillard classifies as the Missouri effect. And he's looking at um, the racialized experiences of black students on predominantly white campuses. And with the exposure of social media, Instagram, Facebook, the media outlets covering things in a much broader way, black students are looking like, hey, maybe I don't wanna to go to this campus because I'll be treated this way based on my skin color. So we looked at um, four universities between 2016, when Black Lives Matter started, the, the effects started into 2018 to see if race relations, um, the climate of the country played any, any role in their um, selection of a HBCU. And so far, our preliminary analysis has showed that um, climate, culture, um, social media um, has generated a new resurgence in enrollment for HBCUs, at least at three of the four HBCUs that we looked at. Mm -hmm. So I went to Tougaloo College mm -hmm. and that's all I wanted to go to was an HBCU. I didn't apply to any schools that were not an HBCU. Mm -hmm. And was intending on going to Dillard. Got in, but they kept losing my paperwork. <laughs> but that's a, another story. Um, but you know, my pops went to Ole Miss, and he was like, you know, why why not go to Ole Miss? And I'm like, I don't want. I, don't, I just told him I don't want to go to school around mm -hmm. them anymore. Like mm -hmm. I really want to be around folks who look like me in that sort of environment. Mm -hmm. And at the time, I was in high school. A different world was on, so it was popping. Yep. And HBCUs mm -hmm. were like front and center every Thursday night, and it created this cultural phenomenon where people were like, "Yo, let's let's go." Mm -hmm. uh, so, like myself, you know, you attended Cheney, which you mentioned, and you had been admitted, as you said, to some Ivy League schools um, prior to you actually choosing to attend Cheney. What were your thoughts in general about HBCUs? Um, I, um, so I didn't understand the, the concept or the term HBCU until I started to apply for schools. I knew about black colleges in the same way, um, like you growing up watching a different world. I knew I wanted to go. I, I thought my heart was set on Hillman. I just knew I was going to Hillman College. I, I didn't know it wasn't a real school. Um, but like I said, my dad went to Central State, which... Um, goes back and forth if it's the HBCU or not, or if it's the PB, PBI, just because of like the history. But, um, and then a lot of my family went to Alcorn, Jackson, um, and Grambling. I have on my Grambling shirt, but y'all can't see that. But so, um, though, like having that exposure, I didn't know they were HBCUs. I knew they were black colleges. And so I went to predominantly white schools for all of um, my primary education. My mom, um, I remember my mom picketing my elementary school, like her and like the homeschool association to allow for busing for other black students to come to my elementary school. So I don't know. I just knew I wanted to, like you said, go somewhere where there were more black people. But I didn't understand the concept of black college versus PWI. I just thought school was school. And this happens to be a black school or a school with a lot of black people in it. So I want to go to the school with more black people that are like-minded, more black people that are smart, what have you, but it wasn't necessarily the historical piece for me because I didn't understand it yet and or know it then when I was looking for schools. Mm. So in some folks' minds, including 
some black folks. Yes. Uh, intent, attending an HBCU means that you are missing out on learning opportunities to where you are around, you, you know, people who look like the broader society. Um, and for some folks, including black folks, you are receiving a, an inferior mm-hmm. quality of, of education. What does the research say about the cultural and career outcomes for those black students who choose to attend HBCUs? Right. So I have a lot of thoughts about this. So, I mean, and, and I'm going to get to the research as well, but just to put like my own opinion into this. So I typically say to people when they think HBCUs are inferior, especially black people, are you saying the school is inferior because it's black? And if so, does that make being black inferior? And who says that? And who taught you that? So that's point one. Then point two to the people who say, well, you know, HBCUs aren't diverse. They don't mirror broader society. What is the broader society you want to mirror? Do you want to mirror white society? Whose society? The research says by 2015, the minority population will be the new majority. So at HBCUs are more diverse than people think. So, and that's another point too that I bring up. So are you saying that all black is the same? Because at an HBCU, just because our skin is brown does not make us the same person. You have West Indians, you have Jamaicans, Haitians, Africans from Africa um, and different countries within the continent of Africa because Africa is not a country. Um, So then you have different socioeconomic statuses within Black Americans who are from America. So there's a variety of different diversity within side the black socially constructed racial group. Um, But then you also have um, students, Latin American students, Hispanic students, um, Asian students, Asian American students. There's a plethora of other non-black students that go to HBCUs as well. Um, But what the research says about the outcomes and the culture um, of students, which kind of supports my research as well about alumni being prideful, and connected to their universities, which makes students want to go back, is that they find that when they go to these different universities, they see other cultures. They see themselves, they see themselves differently. They see themselves the same. They see themselves manifested in a lot of different ways that they may never have thought in or have seen. So for example, me at Cheney, though my family is from Louisiana slash Mississippi slash Philadelphia, That's where I spent my childhood, between Philadelphia, Louisiana, or Mississippi. That's what I knew. Going to Cheney, I mean, I've been to like maybe New York or Virginia, but going to Cheney, I have friends from LA, from New York, from Antigua, uh, from Trinidad. And it's kind of like, wow, you know, there's a world outside of my world. So that cultural piece showed me a whole side of things that I was never aware of that I don't know necessarily that I would have gotten at a PWI per se. Um, I just would have got more of what I got in K through 12, which is a Eurocentric view of the world. It's not what I wanted. But with career outcomes, the research also shows that Black students who graduate from an HBCU are, are twice as likely to attend um, postgraduate education. Um, HBCUs graduate um, 50% of the STEM degrees, and HBCUs only account for 3% of the institutions in higher education. They're, the number of te- teeters 
between like 100 and 102 right now, I believe. Um, but 100 schools graduates 50% of black degrees in STEM versus the other 3,900 predominantly white institutions that are not graduating these students. So I say going to um, an HBCU does not make you inferior. And if you think that it does, I question if you think black is inferior. Um, but the career outcomes, I will also caveat it to say you need to know what it is and what degree you want to take or, or want to go into. You just can't go to an HBCU. Um, the HBCU needs to also fit you. It has to have your major. Um, and you need to know or be or have some options. Because like I said, I changed my major three times. And, you know, thank God Cheney had all of my majors. But if Cheney didn't have anything that I wanted to do, maybe I would not have graduated or maybe I would have needed to transfer to a different school who had that said major that I wanted to do. And maybe it would not have been an HBCU. So I just say that HBCUs can be a place for you um, to grow culturally and career wise um, if, if the university has your major. Now I want to throw this out there to you because I, I belong to a group in, on Voxer, which is a bunch of black male educators. Mm -hmm. uh, and we just talk about our sort of day-to-day -day experiences and some of this consulting stuff we're doing, et cetera. And uh, one of the guys in the group, one of his friends, their son had gotten into Harvard. And uh, I think it was Howard, and he was sort of thinking where he should go. Mm -hmm. And the guy was like, yo, you need to go to Harvard. It's, you know, it's Harvard. You know, and I'm thinking, no, man, mm -hmm. uh, you know, go to HBCU, get that experience. Mm -hmm. And then he threw in like a chart that showed, let's say, the graduation rates of black students at various institutions. Mm -hmm. And he said, well, look at this graduation rate of Harvard. I'm like, well, well first of all, let's get real. The black folk who get admitted into these uh, quote unquote elite research one institutions barring something ca catastrophic they're going to graduate from school mm -hmm. I, I don't see them having any problems but what I see HBCUs doing and what I think they have a greater mission is they will admit that student with that 17 ACT score where some schools won't let them in they'll they will and then they also have supports to get them through because mm -hmm. I was one of those cats mm -hmm. that graduated with a 2.3 2.3 high school GPA and got into Tougaloo and uh, I'm all right right now for myself. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, what do you say to those people who say when you look at the graduation rates at some of these black people who attend HBCUs and in some institutions graduation rate can be, you know, 40%, 45%. What do you say to those who say, see, this is why they shouldn't go because the graduation rates aren't the same as X, Y, and Z school? Two things. Um, so the first thing I think of is money. Um, HBCUs have been doing um, a lot more with a lot less. And so if you gave HBCUs the same amount of money as Harvard has, it was like, then we could compare 
apples to apples, but right now it's apples to oranges because the HBCUs collectively don't have the same amount of money as Harvard. And that's because of a lot of systematic um, disparities that happened since the first HBCU was opened in 1837. Um, but my second, my second uh, point to that is um, back to what you said about giving students a chance. So do we deny students the opportunity to learn because they haven't performed the best in high school or they don't have those supports? Of course, everyone is not going to flourish. Everyone is not going to, you know, rise to the top. But at least HBCUs give those students a chance. Because thinking about what education means, and then I ask people the question, you know, what is the purpose of higher education? And for me, it's an experience. It's a time to grow, learn, make mistakes. And it's like at an HBCU, you have the opportunity to be a part of organizations, um, to learn skills. Like I think I learned a lot in my academic at Cheney, uh, um, academically at Cheney, but at the same time, I learned how to be an adult. I learned how to pay bills. I learned how to seek help, seek advice, to get help, to be humble, to be open, to be humbled, you know, when I thought I had a big head. So I think it's, it's, it's better to be, you know, humbled, say, at 20, than, you know, be humbled at 35 and not have a certain skill because no one has showed you how to do that. So I say for HBCUs, while the graduation rate may not be as high as some other schools, I think HBCUs do a better job of at least getting people the skills they need to be successful in life if they cannot necessarily be successful in education, but they give them the chance that a lot of universities won't give them because they want to keep their graduation rates high. So I think HBCUs educate the whole person, the full person. Yeah, I had a great, great experience. And it was truly, as you mentioned earlier, it was the first time that, and I consider myself to, to be, you know, just pro-black all day. And it was the first time in my life when I stepped on the campus where literally I was in school with folks from the continent, and even black people whose financial realities were like, oh, mm -hmm. so you for real living like the 1%. Um, mm -hmm. It was like, oh, okay. Mm -hmm. uh, and so for me having that experience, it was just phenomenal. And, and also being in an environment where the professors told you we expect greatness from you you are from a great people and your classmates were about that business so you were motivated like i was motivated to put in the work right the environment around me was was just so dynamic and so electric i was like oh i'm out here to get mine mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and so it helped prepare me for other opportunities down the line because i knew that I could do it because I had already been successful. Right. I definitely think HBCUs give you that um, because like I said, going into Cheney, I had no, no ambition, no motivation to, to go to graduate level education. I was just fine with a bachelor's degree, um, but people at Cheney were very supportive, very motivating, um, encouraging, showed me how to apply, gave me resources to apply, helped me find like prep, um, prep materials, paid for my test, paid for grad school. So they gave me, they took away all the barriers that we kind of maybe sometimes self-imposed 
um, because of what we're taught or what we don't see. So, you know, even though my parents both went to school, they didn't graduate. No one in my family has a master's degree, you know, so I'm the first one to have a master's. I don't have, or I didn't have possibility models to show me like, hey, you know, you can go do this too, but Cheney gave me that. Um, so I will say, you know, if nothing else, HBCUs give people, um, black and brown people, supports or, or possibility models where some other schools may not. So we have seen an increase, I guess, over the past year, year and a half of enrollment in HBCUs. Will you please speak to the growing number of students, black students who are choosing to attend HBCUs and what can be done to actually keep that increase in enrollment uh, scaling? So I think, um, and just based on our research that we've done, one of the major things is like the introduction of social media and trying to capture the experience or the essence of going to an HBCU. You know, um, like every day is not homecoming, um, but like the vibe or experience that you feel, like, you know, even thinking about Beyonce's film, Homecoming, like the introduction, it was like you just had a feeling but when you try to share that with someone, or if you're talking to a student who's thinking about coming to an HBCU, it's hard to encapsulate that vibe or that experience into words or words that translate for the student. So now with the introduction of social media, you can hashtag GramFam23. You can see what's going on on the campus. It's not being directed to you from authority figures, so to speak. It's not your teacher saying, hey, you know, Cheney's a good school, or Howard's a good school, or Paul Quinn is a good school. You can hashtag it and see for yourself. You can go on YouTube and, you know, put in Paul Quinn, and you see other students saying, like, you know, this is my dorm, I'm having a great experience, or I'm having a bad experience. And so I think with the introduction of social media, students are starting to have more access to the HBCU total experience. And so it's drawing them into at least adding it to their list of, the, their list of options to choose from. And I also believe that um, there used to be like a common application, like when I applied for school, there was just a common application and then there's individual applications. But now there's a common HBCU app. So students are able to, you know, apply to a certain number of HBCUs all at one time. And I think that makes the process easier for students, um, but again, more accessible, and that's what HBCUs are all about. So I think the increase is um, based on my research and some of the conversations that I've had with participants from these HBCUs is that social media um, and access has played a large part in the resurgence of HBCUs in, in enrollment. So, you know, we know higher education is, is taking a beating with the increase of tuition and lack of, you know, state funding. So colleges aren't giving as much aid as they used to be and students are taking on, you know, greater debt. Uh, you have a lot of folks out there like Gary Vee and, and a lot of other super wealthy people are saying, don't go to college, you know, just go, go get a job, start a business. How are HBCUs adapting to this, this new landscape, particularly when we're talking about digital disruption and technology? And how are they preparing students for this new gig economy? 
I think a lot of students, um, Morgan State is a university, particularly that I know of, is, is doing this or really well, like combating um, some of those things or creation. But HBCUs as a whole are creating new new majors that fit the time or they're expanding upon. I mean, you have your traditional education or traditional majors within the education realm, but then they're also adding things like forensic science, you know, digital imaging, um, coding. They're keeping up with the time. So there are majors and there are positions that no matter what you're going to need education for, higher education for, period. There, I don't know what hospital is going to hire a nurse without a degree in nursing. <laughs> so, you know, if that's what you want to be, but if you want to be a coder, you know, maybe you don't need to go to a university now, but if society has told us anything, social stratification is real. So at some point, they will come out, they're going to come out, society, when I say they, society, and when I say society, I mean white society, will come out with a social mechanism that creates stratification between the coders who got a certificate, then coders who have two certificates, coders who have a degree and a certificate. So you just have to either know your craft really, really well, or you need education to supplement your craft. And you have to figure out what the end game is for you in the, the field that you want to go in. So, you know, I don't know how to code. It's not my lane. Maybe I'll learn in my pastime, but that's not what I want to do. But if that's something that you want to go into, if you want to start an app, design an app, I know it's the future. I might not be there. That's, you know, for all the generation that comes behind me, but that's just not my era. But for these, you know, these students that are coming in now, you have to learn what the, tr the trades are and the skills are for the jobs that are now being created and figure out what that means. And if it doesn't involve school, that's fine too. But I'll also say higher ed or at least, I won't say all higher ed, I think HBCUs offer an experience, kind of like a gateway between 18 to 22 that you can learn and make mistakes and it still be okay. Because I tell, even this is my little brother, um, he's 25 now, I say, you know, you had up until 22 to make a lot of mistakes. After 22, people won't help you as readily as they will if you're still in school or if you're between these fundamental developmental years. After 22, it's like you're on your own whether you have a degree or not, and you're going to have to figure out whatever that means and not let people, uh, I guess, disrupt your thinking into what it means or what you need for whatever job and or career um, that you need. This has been a cool conversation, Doc. No, thank you. Thank you. I've enjoyed it. This, <laughs> you know, it's what I do. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. So before we go, what do you say, um, I want you to please, please speak to that black parent of a junior high school student or a high school student, uh, and, they're, and as they're having these conversations about post-secondary education and career opportunities with their children, as an advocate of HBCUs, what do you say to them to encourage them to push their child in the direction of attending an HBCU? I would say, uh, take them. Take them to the closest HBCU campus um, during, you know, during a semester while the school's open, homecoming, um, a welcoming activity. Let them experience the campus. And if you can't get there, again, YouTube, 
hashtags, Twitter, like look at the canvas and look at the field. And I also say at the same time, go to, you know, a PWI. If they're, if they're looking between two schools, go to those two schools and experience it. Um, because every, everyone experiences things differently. So I say to the black parent, um, make sure that HBCUs are on your list. Make sure you research the school, make sure the school has what you need. Um, and then, and the needs, they can meet the needs of your child, um, speaking to the student, make sure they can meet the needs of your future goals and what you need to be on campus. And just to plug Cheney University, make sure Cheney University is on your list because Cheney has a scholarship that not many people know about that pays for students who graduate with a 3.0 or higher to go to grad school. Um, and so if grad school is something that's on, on your horizon, look at some of these schools who have partnerships with universities where you can get two degrees for the price of one. Um, Cheney also has a full academic scholarship that students come in, which is what I had, which is part of the reason why I chose Cheney. So I had a full academic scholarship for four years and then additional full scholarship for two years for my graduate studies at Penn State. So um, I would say to the parent to do your research and not listen to people and especially don't listen to people who did not go to school because I feel like a lot of this um, pushback, and when I say not that did not go to school, meaning that they either never been in a higher ed institution or they haven't been to an HBCU. So you can't talk to me about HBCUs if you have never attended an HBCU or if you have not attended an institution of higher education because there's, I've attended both. I've been to a PWI, private and public and HBCU, and I worked in those environments. So I feel that I have more of um, a connection and or experience to that. So I say to the parents, go see, do your research, and make sure your child applies to an HBCU no matter what, and see what happens and see what the packages say. Yes, yes, go. I had a great time, and I'm looking to teach at one. So mm -hmm. if anyone... Thank listens to the to this podcast and they're on a hiring committee holla at your boy right because i'm trying you know get out of k through 12 and uh teach at the college level and i really want to be at an hbcu it was just such a wonderful experience for me and particularly you know i didn't have to explain mm -hmm. you know certain things and certain things just wasn't they were just normal, you know, you could just breathe. Absolutely. And, and be yourself. So uh, thank you, Doc, for coming on. Well, thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. I enjoyed this conversation, talking about HBCUs, something I love. So it was a great time. Uh, you are welcome. Now, people, you know how I do this. This podcast episode will be available on Apple Podcasts, Simplecast, and Stitcher. Um, I want you to subscribe and follow and you know, share this out with people and leave your rating and your feedback because your boy's trying to get Oprah on the show. And I want her to know that I'm doing big things around here. Again, I'd like to thank my guest, Dr. Janelle Williams, for bringing out the research and her experiences about attending an HBCU. Uh, I want to thank you for checking out the podcast, the Mobile University uh, for Entrepreneurs. I'm your host, Dr. Will. As always, people, Invest in you, EDU, peace.